Uh, Let's hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus as it's found in Luke chapter 2, commencing at verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Will you pray with me? Our gracious God, we do pray now that in the inadequacy of the words I'm about to speak, we would hear you, the living and true God, hear your good news that Jesus is Saviour and Lord, and hearing you, turn to you and trust him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Christmas is a pretty familiar story uh, for most of us. And so, have I got that? Ah, yes, good. And so, uh, having sorted out the basic details of the story, you know, having got them down pat about, you know, the appearances to Mary and Joseph and the trip to Bethlehem and the angels and the shepherds and the wise men, having got it all down pat, you find your mind wandering into the nooks and crannies, the more obscure parts of the story. And so last week I was wondering about the shepherds. You know, hard-working blokes taking the night shift, probably pretty rough blokes. What did they make, I thought, of this powerful experience that we read about? I mean, to be spoken by one angel, I guess, because I don't know, I guess it would be pretty memorable, but they were serenaded by a great company of angels and the message they heard tapped into the deepest longings of their people, the Jews, a saviour, a rescuer from foreign invaders, Christ the Lord, the promised anointed king they were all waiting for, who would rule over his people and give them peace. 
And when they followed it up in Bethlehem, they found that baby in a manger just as they'd been told they would. So in the years that followed, what I thought did they make of this experience? Did they tell and retell the story? You know, did was their memory enhanced? Did they say, remember the smells either at the manger or the angels? Did they, well, were they changed by the experience? Did they, for example, become more honest because shepherds in those days were notoriously dishonest? Or did it mean they started to take God and his promises more seriously? Or did they try and stay in touch with Jesus' parents even after they'd moved because they were curious about this kid? Or did the experience fade over time as they got caught up with the trials and hardships, all the successes of their lives? Did some of them, as the years passed, even come to doubt that it had ever happened? Or did others hold fast and, because of the message, lived and died with hope, men defined for the rest of their lives by what they had seen and heard that night? When you let your mind wander over the familiar landscape of the Christmas story, there really are lots of questions, aren't there? And God does know the answer to them. He knew every one of those shepherds by name, just like he knows us. He knew why they were there. He knew their lives from that point on. God knows, but we will never know because we've not been told. And we're not told because the question that matters is, not what the shepherds did with the news of Jesus' birth, but what you and I are doing with the news of Jesus' birth, news of the birth of the one who is Saviour and Lord. You see, in the Gospel record, we hear the same news as them. The angel is addressing us when he says, To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And when you understand that, it is good news of great joy even today because it's news of a saviour, a rescuer. Now, many people want to claim that this modern 21st century life is as good as life gets. You know, we're affluent, educated, the world mastered by our technology with the powerful tools of science at our command. There's nothing we can't do, nothing we need, especially a saviour, but life gives the lie to that. Oh, yes, we're materially blessed. Medicine, engineering, science have improved life expectancy, decreased the burden of disease, given us great personal opportunities to pursue the kind of life we want, all things to be thankful for. But many experience deep loneliness. And all of us will experience the failure of our bodies, the loss suddenly or slowly of strength and capacity Death still takes every one of us and takes those we love and we feel those realities, especially at Christmas. And many are so anxious and fearful about a world, our world, a world about which we know more and more, but a world we can't control, fearful of changes in climate, fearful of hostile conflict and those irrational fears, as we see with the fires in New South Wales or with King John Un promising a Christmas gift to Donald Trump. And sometimes we live with emotions and thoughts we can't control, where the way we act and react destroys the relationships we most treasure, frustrates achieving what we most desire. The truth is we are needy, individually and collectively. 
And the ultimate cause of our neediness lies within us and is not something we can change ourselves. It's actually our rebellious hearts, what the Bible calls sin. Now, you might have thought of sin as doing this wrong or that wrong, you know, telling this lie or that, and then thought, well, I could stop that, I could change. But sin is bigger, is deeper. See, we're all creatures made to know and love the God who has created us and has given us life, and yet we've turned away from him to love ourselves, and that is sin. And that sin has disordered our lives beyond our fixing. Made to love God, loving creatures, created things in his place, always disappoints. And so we're always restless, looking for more than the creaturely objects of our love can provide, looking for them to be permanent and living in fear of loss, looking for them to satisfy what only relationship with the true and living God can satisfy, and then crushing those creaturely things with our expectations. We live with disappointment and failure. And we've turned away from trusting God's word to trusting ourselves. Yet we know in our hearts that we are not God, not all-knowing, not all-powerful, that our word is not always true or powerful. And so we're always deep in our hearts, insecure and uncertain, anxious in a world we can't control or oppressing others in a vain attempt to control our world or seeking ways to silence our doubt, living with conflict or destructive escapist behaviours. And to fill the void left by turning away from God, we try and make ourselves the source of our life, of our meaning, of our identity, whether we get that from our plans, our work, our relationships, our sexuality, but none of them can fill that void. For we are made to love God and find identity and meaning in relating to him. And we can't sustain any of those things, can't keep ourselves alive forever, can't overcome the denial that death is to all claims of meaning. And so our world is a world lost in grief or turning to lies to hide ourselves from our end. Sin has disordered our lives individually and collectively and we live with that. And for our sin, our embrace of lies, our rejection of the true God, our misuse of his world, we face condemnation in his just judgment. We are needy and we cannot help ourselves. So news of a saviour, someone who will rescue us by bringing us back to peace with God, to a relationship of love with God is good news. And this is the news of a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Now Christ is just the Greek way of saying the Messiah, the promised anointed king of the Old Testament. Uh, the one who would save by fulfilling God's promises to his people of a ruler who would defeat their enemies and establish an eternal kingdom. God's reign of justice and righteousness, a reign of peace, freeing them from fear and oppression. Now this king, this Lord, will have all authority, so his word, his judgments, won't be reversed or overturned ever. What he speaks will not just be the temporary ruling of a passing power, but an eternal word. It won't be self-serving spin, but a just and true word. And so this Lord is one who can be completely relied upon, one to whom you can actually entrust your life, for he can always do what he says always keep and protect his people. 
in a world where power is so often abused, in a world where, world where injustice and oppression are the norm, where even the best rulers leave us, oh, where our rulers make promises and don't or can't keep them, News of the Saviour, who is Christ the Lord, whose word is true and sure, is good news. We have heard the same good news as those shepherds, and we have the contents of the angelic praise, just as they did, praise that tell us what this birth of a Saviour and Lord means. This birth means that God's glory is now seen and praised in heaven. In the birth of this baby, the angels see and praise God's faithfulness to his promises, his gracious, steadfast love for a rebellious people, his compassion and mercy, his almighty power that's not limited by his creating or the rebellion of his creatures. In this birth they see the Lord being the God he has declared himself to be. They see his glory and they praise him. And this birth will mean peace for those on whom God's favour rests. When it says those with whom he is pleased, it's not talking about those who've won God's approval by what they've done. It's speaking of those who have come to know his grace and rely on his gracious promises to them. And this peace is not just a cessation of hostilities, an end of violence. Peace here is all that being reconciled to the living, holy, creator God means. It's wholeness enjoying the richness of created life without death. It's living the life we were made to live, where we're able to love God and do love God and have been changed to receive and know his love. It's knowing the truth about God and ourselves without confusion or lies. It's a peace within as we can rest in him and it's the end of our restless anxiety and guilty fear this saviour, the angels say, brings that peace. We have the same news, the same message as the shepherds heard. And the question is, what are you doing with this message that you might be so familiar with? And let me break that down into three questions. Have you, like the shepherds, checked out the angelic message? Have you, like the angels, responded with praise to the greatness and graciousness of what the Lord has done in sending Jesus? And have you let the news of this birth change you and keep on changing you? So have you, like the shepherds, checked out the angelic message? You see, like the shepherds, this is a message we can follow up, can verify. The shepherds could check it out by walking down into Bethlehem and poking their noses into the inns and stables. We can do it by reading on in the biography of this baby lying in a manger, reading on in these Gospels, the eyewitness testimonies of those who knew Jesus, testimony carefully compiled and ordered for our benefit. And looking at Jesus' life and teaching as it's there in the Gospel, his death, his rising, what will we find? Well, we too will find it just as the angel declares. We'll find a saviour. Someone who brings wholeness and life, who frees from fear. Someone who can be appealed to and listens and acts in power, whether that's to cleanse outcast lepers or give sight to the blind or to deliver the demonised from the oppression of evil. Someone who will even forgive sins and who seeks out the lost to bring them home. Always compassionate and gracious, 
we will see Christ through the cross becoming one who is judgment-sparing and eternal life-giving, who saves from sin, and one who in the resurrection is always alive now to hear all who call on him and rescue them. And we will find, as we read on, one who is Christ the Lord, one to whose word creation and demons are subject, one who speaks the truth and in speaking the truth exposes lies, whose word has power even to raise the dead, who is seen to be Lord even in his rejection by those who should welcome him. Humanity's hostility to God and his word, we see focus on Jesus, God's Son. And Jesus faces and endures that hostility that wants to get God out of our lives and Jesus triumphs through that hostility, defeating death through the death on the cross they inflict on him, showing the truthfulness of his word by their denial of it, raised to life after being killed, raised just as he said he would be, raised to give the new life of the Spirit to all who turn to him, raised as the one with authority now to judge and to forgive, forgive those who believe the gospel and forgive them for all time because he is the final judge and raised with a word that will never be broken, a word that rules the world. But of course checking it out goes beyond an information gathering exercise. It was as the shepherds acted on the word that they received, they received that they found it to be true It's as we act on Jesus' word in the gospel, as we believe his promise and call out to him, that we really know the truth of his word for ourselves. So what are you doing with the news that you have heard? Now, if this is the first time you've heard that news or really heard that, because you can be sitting in church for years before you actually feel the need for a saviour and recognise that the saviour is calling you. If this is the first time you've heard the news or really heard it, let me encourage you, check it out. You see, it wouldn't have made sense for the shepherds, would it, to say, well, that was interesting, what's for supper? Seeing angels really gives you a great appetite, right? It wouldn't make sense, would it, to carry on as if no word had been spoken to them. And it doesn't make sense for you, someone who has sinned and faces judgment and eternal death, to hear of rescue and peace and not try to find out if it is true. So check it out. But maybe you've checked it out. Maybe you do know it's true. That's why you're here. Well, have you, like the angels, responded to the greatness and graciousness of what the Lord has done in sending Jesus by praying him? You see, in this birth, you see the greatness of your God. The eternal word becomes flesh. The Father sends his only Son in love into the world. The confusion, the weakness, the messiness of human life is no barrier to our God fulfilling his will. Our hostility, our hatred does not stop him from being the God of steadfast, generous love. Our unbelieving disobedience does not stop him from being faithful. Our death does not stop him from being the one who has life in himself and who can give life. He is great and seen to be great in this birth and deserves praise. And here you can start to understand and feel the wonder of what the Saviour Jesus is for his people. Believing in Jesus, born of a virgin, taken on our life, crucified, dying in our place, risen, we now live with hope. 
hope of eternal life, live with a knowledge of forgiveness, with a secure identity as his children, with the abiding love of our loving Father, all this as his gift. Our God deserves praise. Yet we can be so self-preoccupied, can't we, with our loss, our plans, our desires, oh, even our need. What fills your heart this morning as you sit there? Is it your need, your loneliness, your anxiety about your future or the future of your children, your awareness of death, of grief and impending loss, your disappointments, your tiredness after a busy year? Or is it your plans? What fills your heart this morning? Is it you and your concerns? Or is it your Saviour who meets your need? Meets it not just so that you're always anxious about whether there's enough life, enough forgiveness, enough love to include you, but meets your need abundantly with an all-sufficient salvation, a rich mercy, an unbreakable word, a love from which not even death can separate you. Believe what the angel says and escape for your good, your self-preoccupation, to praise your good God, to praise your Saviour. Take time to let this news fill your heart and give him glory. Have you, like the shepherds, checked out the angelic message? Have you, like the angels, responded with praise to the greatness and graciousness of what the Lord has done in sending Jesus? And the third question, have you let the news of this birth change you and keep on changing you? I guess as my mind wandered last week, I wondered if some of the shepherds forgot the news the angels brought because in my life I have known people who have forgotten, who have lost their wonder and praise at the birth of a saviour. Some who let the story fade into their memory so that it's now just an echo from their childhood with no power to give joy or hope, who live as if the birth of the Saviour and Lord never happened, who have started calling truth a myth and who believed lies in its place, lies which will kill them. And I've known others who say they believe but are so immersed in the busyness of their lives <laughs> with their Christmas preparations that they give themselves no time to reflect on it, no time to feel anything, no wonder, no joy, no gratitude. Christmas passes and they go on unchanged. But Jesus being born, our Saviour and Lord, should change us and keep on changing us. To have a Saviour, one who can save from death and just judgment, one who will hear our call. Well, that should change us, shouldn't it? Bring us from despair to hope from sorrow to joy, from slavery to religious works, relying on what we do and anxiety about whether we've done enough to be right with God, from slavery to religious works to relying on Jesus and a grateful life of love, from fear to knowing peace with God, where we know that the one who rules all things, we can approach as our loving Father. And hope, joy, faith, love are things that should grow in us as we get to know our Saviour better by relying on him every day, relying on him by believing his word and putting it into practice.
To have a saviour should change us and keep on changing us and to have a Lord, that should change us too. It should change our direction. No longer self-directed but directed by his word. No longer asking what pleases me but what pleases him. Saying no to self and yes to his goodwill. And as we're always needing to say no to self and yes to Jesus, the change that starts when we confess Jesus to be Lord, when we say, yes, the angels speak the truth, well, that change should continue every day, be seen in growing Christ-likeness of character, the family resemblance, and in doing good. Believing the angelic message should change us and keep on changing us. Well, there are lots of things we can be curious about at Christmas. Did Mary really wear a shawl and was it blue or pink? How many wise men were there? Oh, three gifts, yes, but how many wise men? And what really did Joseph think of everything that was happening? Who knows? So many questions we can let our minds wander over, even enjoy speculating about. But they're questions to which we will never know the answer in this life. But there is one thing we can know for certain, the truth of the angelic announcement. Not because we found a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, but because we've seen the course of his life, seen his saving death, received the witness of the apostles that he's been raised from the dead and trusting him, believing his promise that those who turn back and believe his gospel will be forgiven. Trusting him, we have been forgiven and received his spirit. We can know that the baby born in that Bethlehem stable, Jesus, is Saviour and Lord. And knowing that, share in the praise of the angels and live with joy and hope. So don't leave yourself wondering about the truth of this good news the angels declare. Read the Gospels. Come and talk. Best of all, call out to the living Lord Jesus to make you one of his own. And if you're a believer, don't leave others wondering about what you've done with the good news you've received. Let others see joy and hope in the Saviour in your life. Let them hear praise of the Saviour on your lips. See your life changed by the Saviour as you follow him. And like the shepherds, Speak of what you have experienced through believing the angelic message that Jesus is born the Saviour, Christ the Lord. Speak of the Saviour to a world which is in need, whether it denies it or not. Why would you keep him, why would you keep this good news to yourself? Start today in your prayers of thanksgiving at the table in your conversation around the table. We have good news of great joy, which is for all people. Today, in the city of David, a saviour has been born, Jesus, and he is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, give us hearts to receive this good news. Help us to recognise our need of a saviour. Turn our hearts to Jesus, to embrace him as the one who can save us, who can forgive our sins, who can raise us from the dead, who can bring us peace with you, who can bring us to know your 
love. Help us to embrace him, to live with and for him, following him, to rejoice in him and to speak of him all our lives, to your honour. Amen.